From Orlando, Florida and Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to the 1330 Podcast with your hosts, Keith Neighbor and Brent Bailey. Pulling from nearly half a century of experience, Brent and Keith share unique wisdom and proven insight to build the leader within you. Interact with us now on Facebook and Twitter at 1330podcast or email your questions and comments to 1330podcast at gmail.com. The 1330 Podcast starts right now. Welcome once again to the 1330 Podcast. I'm Brent Bailey. I'm Keith Neighbor. And we have with us once again a worship leader extraordinaire and the world's best kept secret when it comes to worship. Dan Taylor. Dan Taylor. Hello, everyone. Yeah, hello, hello. Gonna, we are, it was nice that Dan was waving, but you all couldn't right, see right. him. Now, so. now, you can't see the podcast wave. Yeah, as, as, uh, as we've gotten in, we've been talking about developing a worship band. Um, let me just tell you a little bit about what we're... What, uh, how, you don't realize that you've been exposed to this already. If you listen to us on a regular basis, our theme song, our theme music... That is the Axis Worship Band. It's um, an original. It's uh, it's the song is called "Where I Belong" and it's from uh, the Hero um, Project. C- C- the Hero Project. <laughs> the Hero Project. Because um, we're a band, it's a project, not you know. And uh, that's their, our open and closed music. Is 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 a song that Will Rutherford wrote? Wasn't it Daniel real? Redmond. Daniel Redmond. Daniel, Daniel Redmond wrote that song. This is where I Daniel belong. Redmond and writes so. most songs that you've yeah. ever probably heard. Them as well as the Book of Psalms, <laughs> yeah. from what I understand. <laughs> right. Shout out to Daniel Redmond there. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, these guys worked their hind ends off, but but really, it turned into something special. And um, you know, when you have uh, things like that, you really, people ask a lot, you know, how did that happen or what, what, and, uh, it, it does seem to be a shortage in some of the churches and we're just trying to offer some advice that, that worked for us. Well, one of the things that worked for us, and this is to me, a testimony to the adults that we had in our band was, you know, I mean, they're the rock stars and we've, during our, our production meeting, we, we had this conversation of, the only person that has more visibility than the pastor at the church is the worship leader. And especially with teenagers, you know, you got some guy up there that's playing guitar and just wailing these hot licks on that thing. Every teenage boy in the world is like, I'm going to be a rock star, man. And they look at this. And for me in the junior high, I had a group of individuals. Luke Denai was awesome, still is awesome. He's an absolute beast playing guitar. One of the, I think he's one of the best ever. And uh, this guy has these unbelievably expensive guitars and some sweaty, greasy teenage boy, junior high boy, comes up looking at it and drooling over it. And Luke would take the guitar off and sling it over his shoulder and teach him how to play a chord in the, in the sound system. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they turn into, you know, Carlos Santana up there, you know, or feel like it, whatever, you know, and they're just like in awe of this. And everybody in in the band, both junior high and high school, that was one of the things that really encouraged teenagers to want to be a part of what we were doing is not only the the how good our people were, but how great they were when somebody came up and asked questions. They never belittled, they never berated, and they actually would stand there and teach them to do this stuff, and they do jam sessions with them afterwards. Well, and, that, and it's really funny that you're bringing that up because I think one of the big turning points for this entire project happened when we were fortunate enough to have the Hillsong United 
group at at the church. Yes, we we reached out to them and they came and did a concert at right in the sanctuary. Yeah. And of course, our band was the, they were the roadies that helped them haul everything in and set everything up and do their sound check with them and everything. But the afterwards, and this was key and it was huge because I, and this is my level of respect went way up for the Hillsong United guys. They took, they, now they were supposed to be at the table signing autographs. They took 30 or 40 minutes. At w- least 30 or 40 minutes. With our guys in the back room, just, you know, g'day, mate. What do you play? How do you play? Yeah. You know, and just talking. And it changed those guys forever. Forever. It was one of the most amazing things, just as a as a pastor, to see somebody who cared about my kids, yeah. our kids, mm-hmm. so much. And there was no rush. It wasn't one of those where it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? What's your name? Oh, nice to meet you. Right. Uh, I'll talk to you later. Actually, right. there they, was were, none they of got that. lost in what they were doing and had to be come in and told, um, guys, you're supposed to be out here. You're going to be at the table <laughs> yeah, right now. Right. Now. Right. And they were even very, um, they, were, they were very key even later in our last album when we did the live version. They actually sat down with me and Willie. Oh yeah, to we went to go to see them. We, yeah. we we took the band over to the Spirit Bank Arena. Yeah, yeah. and they talked yep. to us about the two versions of live albums that they do, and helped Willie and I, who got the pleasure of producing that last one, and actually, you know, told us how we could do it. So they've been very helpful and very. And key that's, and that's, the, and that's kind of what they Keith, mentored. Yeah, that's so. what Keith is saying. You know, I think uh, it was um, our drummer. Would 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 email uh, was in the email conversation mm-hmm. with uh, one of the drummers down there forever. Yeah. He would email him back and yeah. tell him, you know, I'm doing this now. I've got changed to these sticks or whatever. And yeah. and yeah. so it it is it is imperative to have the right lead people that are willing to invest into your yeah. teenagers yeah. Or, or 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 in your band your adult band. Well, and for us, I mean, to me, these guys were the biggest of the big. It, in Christian circles, as far as worship music went, There's I mean, this is a, there, there wasn't anybody bigger. I mean, good lord, they're they're literally touring the world, and when they saw us after we had them in, I was the one that was driving the bus around. I don't even think they realized I was one of the youth pastors at the church, and they'd still say hey to me. They waved at me, you know, they talked to me, everything, yeah, well, and it to was this day. I went and saw them in Tampa, and they came out and grabbed me and took me backstage. Yeah, and it's hi. so. I mean, they're they're. They have the right attitude right. with what they're doing, and it makes a huge difference. And if you can instill that kind of attitude into your people, regardless of what area it is, look at what you can do for others. Forget about your own church for a minute. These guys came in and revolutionized the music at our church because of the time that they spent with a bunch of teenagers and our adults. Right. Right, and then and then of course you had those adults that were sitting in those meetings, turning around and kept reminding and reinvesting and reminding yeah. and reinvesting right. into those kids. And you know, I don't know how many times I saw it as a as the as a youth pastor. You saw it, but then Dan saw it on a more regular basis with those guys in the group where they'd be down or they'd be deflated or they screwed up or they did something wrong. Right. You just start reminding and you'd start you'd pat, pat them on the back and it's going to be okay. Right. You're going to get over this. You're going to get past this. And the next thing you know, they're riding high again. They, they Hillsong was actually the inspiration. You know, if you you know, you've got to have purpose, motivation, but then sometimes you just need something to inspire you. And so, what Hillsong did with those guys is it inspired them. It, the it it took this big lofty goal and made it reachable. The minute that they talked to him, it made it reachable. Now they can reach out and touch a guy. I've had a conversation with Joel Houston. 
I know now that I can do this. He talked to me like I was a regular guy. So now, all of a sudden, this big obtainable goal, this what may seem an unattainable goal, has now become really reachable, and now I'm inspired to do it. And that, that's, that's, that's group changing right there. Well, and that was one of the things that I think that the Hillsong concert did for us as a youth ministry in, in getting that started was it created momentum that literally to me is still there to this day. Brent and I aren't there anymore. Yeah. Dan, you're still there. You're not in the youth ministry anymore though, but that momentum is still continuing on to this day with people that were not even in the band at that they were, point. They were like seventh and eighth grade. They were, but it was something that it created a momentum that is still in motion today, right. making a difference in, again, not only that church, but literally around the world with it, people doing it. It was a lasting inspiration. Yeah. A lasting inspiration. A guy like Daniel Redmond grabs a hold of that when he's a sophomore in high school and now is, you know, one of my worship leaders. And his, and his sister, who was in eighth grade, talked like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so they grab a hold of that. And now they're carrying that. Yeah. They're carrying that through the main worship team that they're on right now. Yeah. And so it's, it's a great quality for your bands as pastors to find what can inspire your band to make them better. Excellent. I don't, how do you even go I don't know what you that. say on that. That's it, I mean, man. That's just the way it is. But as you can tell, we are all passionate about this. Mm -hmm. I may not be a musician, but I'm a worshiper. Right. And I love good worship. And if we're going to, I mean, we could throw it down right now, and I'm going to worship. <laughs> right. Because I love that. I love that. That's my heartbeat. Right. And because I'm passionate about it, even though I'm not a singer, I was able to instill passion in other people with that, yeah. and I empowered other people to use that gift and develop that passion in them as well. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, you got a bunch of people that are passionate about this, right. and if we weren't passionate about it, it would have never happened. Right. Right. You know, and that, and I'm not trying to take credit for anything and, and step way out of bounds on this, but if Brent and I hadn't had a passion to see teenagers lead worship, it would have never happened. Right. Even though we weren't the ones that were the ones who were doing it, we facilitated part of that. Yeah. And that is where the, the pastors and churches have to get to is not only do you have to be passionate about it, you got to be patient to get it. I think it's the I think it has to be looked at as a this is an investment. Mm -hmm. It's Long not a term. It's not a loan. <laughs> it's yeah. an investment. Where you're going to have to, you're you're putting something into somebody else for the development of them first. And that's what I wanted to make sure we hit this. And we may have to catch this on the next one. But the thing that I appreciated so much about Dan is Dan invested into the, them as people first. As Chris, excuse me, as Christians first. Yes. Like the one kid that couldn't, didn't even know how to pray. And he'd been raised at the church. He just never paid attention or, or whatever. Slipped through the cracks. And the next thing I know, Dan is telling him, let's buy a copy of this book on prayer and we're going to meet 30 minutes before service. I mean, or before rehearsal. And we're going to discuss the chapter that you read last week. That's the kind of investment I'm talking about. How many places would have thrown that guy to the curb right. and just said, you're not, you're not fit to be up here right now. Right. It's, it's making that investment though, that lets them know that the guy that's, that's up there, it's not just wanting them for their musical ability. He cares about their life. 
And so when you show someone that you care yeah. about them, man, it's 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 the levels of leadership. Learn yeah. this from you. It's yep. the levels of leadership that when you take the at the level of leadership, the second or third level of leadership is the place where they see that you care for them and therefore they turn their lives and hearts over to you because they know you're going to invest in them. Yep. And as as you're talking about the investment in there as pastors and as a senior pastor, if you've got somebody that is developing people in the youth and you have people in there that are good, you can't cherry pick the best people out of there and bring them to you in a selfish way. Because if you do that, you're really stunting the growth of the group long term because you've taken the, the person that's developing people and you're taking some of that heart out of there and you're, you're choking down your pipeline. So you've got to make sure that you're you're thinking long term on this. Right. Where if you've got somebody in there that's really cranking out some people and you've got a band that's really coming together, just remember they're not always going to be in high school or junior high. They're not always going to be youth and teenagers. They're eventually going to be adults and you'll eventually get them. And if you'll let that grow and and blossom and allow them to bear fruit and plant seeds in others, all of a sudden, once you get into that second and third generation of this stuff, I really believe that's where you're going to start really making hay on this stuff and seeing the change that come about in your church. So uh, we're winding down here. We're running out of time. So um, we really, again, we appreciate you guys listening. We'd like to thank Dan for coming in and sitting in with us. We've got some more that we're going to do with him. If you want to uh, contact us, you can get us uh, the 1330podcast at gmail.com. And for the 1330 Podcast, I'm Keith Neighbor. I'm Brent Bailey. And for our good friend, I'm Dan Taylor. All right. God bless you. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the 1330 Podcast with Brent and Keith. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook and Twitter today at 1330podcast or email us directly at 1330podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for another 13 minutes and 30 seconds geared to change you into the leader that you and those who follow you want you to be.